0: And may the Son on us bestow the gifts that from the Spirit flow. The basis of this morning's message is from the epistle just read to you, and the gift is for you and for your children. Please be seated. Good morning. Good morning. Greetings, in the name, greetings in peace in the name of Jesus, who sits at the right hand of God the Father and reigns on high. What's the largest group of people that you've ever assembled with? In what point of your life were you with the most people? Were you at a large football game or baseball game with 60, 70, 80,000 people? Were you in the military and gathered with tens and thousands of soldiers? In what point of your life were you with the most people? Can we flip the screen? And one more, thank you. Have any of you ever been to a National Youth Gathering? Raise your hand. I see some. Yes, wonderful. If you've been to a National Youth Gathering, then you know what it's like to gather with 20, 25, 30, 35,000 young people and adults in the name of Christ. It's quite a moving experience. Most high schoolers tell me that the most significant experience they've had in their spiritual life was attending a National Youth Gathering where they were gathered with thousands of other Christian youth just like them. we flip the screen again? I believe that's why God gathered His people in great Old Testament festivals. 500, 750,000 believers in God, God's chosen people were assembled together for God to be present with them and it gave them the impression that they're never alone that this is God's people all together in one place. There's a very unique impression when that happens. I think that's why we like to worship together. Do you see all the other believers with you? Imagine what it would be like to be there. Certain 50,000, 500,000 of God's chosen people together as God pulled them together during different occasions in their lives. There's a blessing of being together with people. We flip the screen again. Many years ago, I was a Boy Scout, and I attended a Boy Scout Jamboree where there are 9,000 Boy Scouts, all dressed in dark green. 9,000, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16-year-old young males. And whenever you have 9,000, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16-year-old young males, you better find something for them to do. Because if you don't find something for 9,000, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old males to do, they're going to do what? Find something to do. And no offense, excuse the pun, there's going to be a lot of unhappy campers. Now at this jamboree, there is something for us to do from 8 in the morning till 10 at night when we are whipped. That's how you deal with 9,000 young men. You see, people coming together under God's a blessing, but sometimes when people come together as sinful people bad things can happen. It even starts with small groups. Can we flip to the next screen? When I taught here, I found this out about dealing with fourth graders. There's usually a little guy in the fourth grade, and he likes getting into some mischief. Not that I was at that age. And he gets into some mischief, and something about boys, something about kids in that age, they have radar. And within half a day, they find out two other kids with the same like mind. You know what I'm talking about? And in recess, they get together, and now you have three young people together who all like to get in mischief. And the more I taught, the more I learned how to deal with it. Like I'd separate their deaths. And then I'd say, don't even look at each other. Don't even think about looking at that person, because sometimes when sinful people come together, bad things tend to happen. Now, being a Cleveland Indians fan, I remember this, even though I didn't go... In 1974, the Cleveland Indians decided to have dime beer night. For a dime, you get to buy a beer. Now, back then, Cleveland Stadium had 50-cent bleachers. So if a person wanted to, for a dollar, they get to go into the game, sit in the bleachers, and buy five beers. If you owe your buddy a beer, you spend 50 cents to sit in the bleachers, and you get to buy him a beer for a dime, right? If you're a steel mill worker and go out to drink for a couple of beers after, the game, after work, well, just spend 50 cents, you used to spend in three bucks, you get to buy 25 beers. You get the idea? I've been spending too much time on this, okay? So Cleveland had dime beer night, and the stadium was full, and lots of people enjoying dime beers, and we all know where this is going. Flip the next picture. That's a picture of that. After about the fifth inning, the crowd had too many dime beers, and they charged the field. And the Texas Rangers, they guarded themselves with baseball bats, and the Indians forfeited the game, and that was the last of what? No more dime beer nights, okay. Now you have ten dollar beer nights, okay. Bad idea. Whenever groups of people come together under sin, the mob control, the mob mentality, the crowd takes over, and bad things happen. Let's flip to another one. Have you ever go out shopping on Black Friday? You know what I mean. That was a couple years ago. They refined it since a couple of years ago when it's like fifteen degrees outside. Black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, crowds gather together outside of Walmart and Target because there's dollar Barbies and 25-cent matchbox and $5 mini blenders and $9 pair of jeans. And we all know this isn't going to end well, especially when they have so much of that stuff in the store. And so crowds gather outside, and since people want their... Barbies and $5 mini blenders and quarter matchboxes, bad things happen, like sometimes doors get caved in and windows get caved in and employees get stampeded and even people get hurt. This is what happens when sinful crowds get together because they want dollar Barbies and $9 pair of jeans, right? So from that time, you're putting these corrals, correct? There are security guards, they pass out hot chocolate because we all know what happens when sinful people get together with ungodly purposes Bad things, what? Whether it's in the classroom of 25 kids, whether it's dime beer night at the Cleveland Stadium, or whether it's Black Friday, you know, mini blenders for $5, sinful people getting together usually means what? Bad things happening. So, shortly after the flood, the global flood, sinful people got together again, and once again, it wasn't a good thing. They had this great idea. Let's flip the screen. Let us make a tower up to God, and we'll make a name for ourselves. And this is how we, as sinful people, can try to get close to God. Maybe if we get physically close to God, God will be impressed with us. And they all spoke the same what language? There is one speech. Worse than dime beer night. Worse than five dollar mini blenders. Worse than kids in the classroom. They all got together and thought of this really bad idea. Let's make a tower for ourselves, and that way God will know how great we are. We get close to God, and God wasn't impressed. God came down. He wanted to see how small this thing was, but more importantly, God said, this isn't good. When these crowds get together and think of these things, what are they going to do down the road? So just like I did with my classroom, God separated them. Flip. How did God separate them? He confused their language. He gave them different languages to talk. They could no longer gather together with one talk. They couldn't communicate with each other. He split them up into 12 or 15 different language groups. And before we laugh as just something, well, you know, just another miracle God does, by the way, in the world today, there's 12 or 15 different language groups. There are. You know what else is unique about language? Let's flip again. Go ahead and put that up there. Language is a genetic thing. Language is a genetic ability. Even though we're told that you and I descended from primates, primates do not have the same structure in our throat that we as humans have in our throats. Primates cannot make complicated sounds. And ready for this? It's an innate gift. Even unborn children can begin to hear and detect very unique sounds and how they're formed, and babies even have the ability to begin to mimic those forms and even hear that. Language is a gift. And at the Tower of Babel, God separated their chairs into 12 or 15 different language groups and they all what? Split. Let's flip again. Martin Luther says this. Birds of feather what? Flock together. Their own languages, they all went their own way and they all gathered together and you and I know the history of that. Martin Luther calls out that history. What's a history? History. Discord, disunity, confusion, and strife. And since that time, people groups have gone together and there's been wars and evil. All separated because this is what happens when sinful people come together. Bad things tend to happen and the people are separated. We all know that. We deal with it all the time. If you, with all respect, if you're old enough to remember World War II, you know what happens when different language groups get together with their own intentions because that's basically the reason for war. People are separated, different ideologies, different philosophies, and bad things happen. Flip again. Now, the world tries to solve this. Are you familiar with that ride? You've been there? Okay, it's a small world. Well, small world was really originally designed for the 1966 New York City World Fair. It was a way to have the world all become one. Because if we all believe that we're in a small world, maybe there'll be more more discord and war and strife. Now, you've been on the ride. The the lines are short, it's rather really bad. And after a while, okay, brother. But you know what the most publicly sung song, the most publicly portrayed song in history is? Guess what, it's what? Small world. And by the way, it really hasn't changed the world, just as John Lennon's Imagine hasn't changed the world much either even though it makes some people feel good. You know, Imagine There's No Heaven, No Hell by John Lennon. That hasn't changed anything. It's a small world hasn't either. And no one's been able to come up with one language for everyone in the world to talk. Even the smartest linguists and scientists still haven't. The Tower of Babel, the separated seats, the no more dime beer nights, the crowds getting together cause sin hasn't been solved. we flip again? Until this happened. What? Well, the language groups came together in a feast. And they all spoke different languages, the languages that they received from that bad day of the Tower of Babel. And there they were together, all gathered. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, the apostles opened up their mouth, and everybody heard the same words in their own language. What did they hear? This Jesus, whom you crucified, was raised to the dead. This Jesus died and rose for your salvation. The Holy Spirit brings you faith in Christ that forgives your sins and makes you one with God. And those language groups that have been separated since have now been united under a message by the power of the Holy Spirit. What? Jesus Christ died and rose for you. Flip again. Martin Luther says this. Okay, next one. Martin Luther says God has two great sermons in the Bible. The first great sermon was the law given at Mount Sinai. You know what was given at Mount Sinai and Ten what? That's God's great first sermon, the Ten Commandments. You know, you shall have no other what? Do not take the Lord's name in what? You got it. That was God's first great sermon, the Ten Commandments. It was preached and it was delivered to us. But then Martin Luther says this. What's the second great sermon? The Sermon of Gospel on Pentecost. What? Those language groups heard that Jesus died and rose for you, for all, in their own language. People thought the apostles were drunk. It's only three in the afternoon. That can't be. They weren't drunk. It was God speaking a language that unifies everyone. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. He who you killed on a tree was resurrected and raised to life. Repent and be baptized and believe the good news and the gifts are for you and for your children. That's the gospel message. Flip again. The gospel unites. It makes the world a much smaller place. Why? Because even though people might not speak our language, they confess the same faith. They believe in the same cross. They follow the same Ten Commandments. We worship the same God. We have the same goal in life. The world becomes a what? A much smaller place. People who confess Jesus. Flip again. St. Paul says this until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. So as we mature, we hear that voice. We realize that we're not that much different from believers from other parts of the world who confess to our same faith. We're one in Jesus. Flip again. Paul says this to us Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Through the bond of peace, there is one Spirit, one faith, one baptism, and one Father and God of all. That one voice that unites makes the world a small place. Go ahead, flip again. You go ahead, flip the screen. I told you a few sermons ago that I went there about 15 months ago. Another member of ours went there a couple months ago. And what they observed was the same thing I observed. Was that when you go visit the ark, it's just not Americans who are there. They're believers from all over the world. We don't understand each other, but there's the same unity of peace. There's a spirit of gentleness, of kindness, of warmth, of hope. Of brothers and sisters in Christ, even though we might not look alike and speak the same language. Why? Because we're all saved by that ship. And on that boat, there's a cross that saves everyone with the same Lord. It's a unique experience. Just don't go there to see the ship. Go there to see the people who are there in the hope that they have the same as you and I. What a blessing that is. Let's flip again. You see, it's a small world by Jesus Christ. And that, that's one more. Put the words down there, please. And that is our mission, our purpose for our church, our congregation, our school, and for our mission. What's separated by sin, the crowds who couldn't get together is now gathered together by Jesus Christ who unites us all. What a hope and blessing that is for sinful people. United by Christ in faith. What a joy that is. Our ministry, our church, our school, our hope, our mission, our purpose. One, that same mission, the Pentecost mission that the Holy Spirit sent. Let's flip again. So how about this for a closing thought? O comforter of mighty worth, bring peace and unity on earth. Support us in our final strife and lead us out of death to life. O comforter of mighty worth, bring peace and unity on earth in Christ. And all God's people say?